Hello, footy fans, and welcome back to the Chip and Chase podcast. Today, we're just going to get our first bit of Supercoach content fully out of the way, and we're going to do that by doing a team reveal. So we're just going to be running through my team, sort of top to bottom, and exciting stuff. If you're just listening as an audio perspective, this is being recorded. We have the video footage and we have a face cam sort of deal going on here. So if you want to see the, the video format of this podcast, head over to the YouTube channel. Same same deal there, Chip and Chase Podcast. Go give that a check out. If not, you can still sort of follow along from an audio perspective. I'll just read through, give my thoughts about everything. But yeah, if you're a bit more of a, a visual learner, Definitely come give the YouTube video a, a a bit of a view. So let's just sort of get into it, shall we? As you can see here for you people watching along on YouTube, this is the team here. We're going to start just from the hookers and work our way down to, to the big stuff, to the fullbacks. But run-on hooker for myself at the moment is Brandon Smith from the, from the Roosters. Of course, a player that will be... You know, taking place, taking part in these Vegas games in a couple of days. Now, you know, there's there's a lot of sort of options in this hooker range. A lot of your your guns, or at least your more expensive players. I think there's only one. Let's be honest, certified gun, and that is Harry Grant. Um, I won't wouldn't begrudge a single person for picking him, but I think hooker is a really tough spot this year. I think with his price point, it, it just makes it really really hard to sort of reach him and still make the rest of your team work and the storm have a really difficult draw to start so i don't mind going against him in saying that there's you know a lot of other options especially you know apostar coruscant now that um we know that he's sort of goal kicking for the tigers of course he has that round one buy which makes him a little bit you know difficult but it also makes him sort of a pot option because not everybody will want to go for him i have entertained appy a fair bit but just with the way my team's structured, I couldn't really sort of sort it out. And Brandon Smith, I've been high on pretty pretty early on, and then he came out and he had that performance in the um, in the All Stars clash. And from then on, I'm like, look, I think second year at the Roosters, combos building. I'm very big on the Roosters forward pack this year, and I think you know Brandon Smith running off that is just going to be phenomenal. So. I've locked him in at the moment. They've got Sandon Smith on the bench as well for, for the Vegas game. Connor Watson not making the squad. I think that bodes a little bit better for Brandon. I don't see... I'd say Connor Watson taking more minutes off Brandon Smith. So, I don't know. I think, yeah, as I said, second second year for the, for the Roosters, I think he can really bump his average up. He's only priced at 471k at the moment. So... Is a bit of a sort of mid-range option, yeah. Definitely a step down from your 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 top priced hookers, and definitely a few steps down from Harry Grant. But it's a sort of a position that I was really set on doing the dual cheapies early, and you know that's you know still a possibility. I could get cold feet the day before this Vegas game and switch him to someone like Danny Levi, who's an option at hooker. We're pretty sure um, Jaden Braley isn't going to be fit for the round one game. And even if he is, it seems as though he's going to be pay- playing pretty reduced minutes, at least to start the season, just to warm into into the season. So Phoenix Crossland might be getting the, the majority of the minute share there at the Knights. So worked my way up to Brandon Smith, who I am very high on. I just I love the look of him this year. Second year for the Roosters, I think he's in for big, big things. And he's not, he's not at an awful price. So 
I'm sort of pretty set on Brandon Smith for now, especially, you know, I've only got a couple of days to those Vegas games where he locks out. So that is my run on hooker for, for my team at the moment. Of course, off the bench for hooker, we're running with Brandon Hands. Brendan Hands. Uh, could be jo- Darcy Lussick, not Joey Lussick. It could be Darcy Lussick if he does get that spot. Of course, that's interchangeable. We'll have to find that out. When these Vegas players lock, we're pretty sure that the rest of the squad will still be available to change. So if it is Lussick who gets that spot, it's a pretty easy swap there. But Brendan Hands is my pick to get it. I just really like the look of him in the trials. I think... He has such a big work rate. He's a tackling machine. And there was a few moments that I just noticed in those trials that I was just really impressed with him. He wasn't afraid to put in a long kick and his kicking game was pretty on song. And he chose his darts from dummy half. Well, not really known as a, a really a running hooker, but I think he, he will chime in a bit there, especially with the, the pressure of Lasik or whoever wins this spot, the pressure of the other player. I think they're going to be in for big years. And he's someone that, yeah, as you can see here, I've got the reserve on him. Someone I'm not going to be afraid to play, at least in the early rounds, to sort of see how it is. And just, I reckon it should be a safe 50 every sort of week, at least in the in the early rounds, which is sort of what we want. Just want those solid points that we can just lock into our team every week. So Brendan Hands, currently my second hooker. That won't change unless, you know, he misses selection and Lusick is picked so we'll move on to the front rowers where I won't lie. I did change my team about five minutes before recording this. I got cold feet. I just, the structure of my team wasn't as strong across the board as I would have liked. And that's where we've made some changes here. I've had Jason Tamalolo in my front row majority of the preseason. I just think he's been in, he's in for a big year and I got, I was a bit, no, let's tell her how it is. I was quite disappointed with how he played in the trials and I did swap him out to Tavita Totola for a bit there who, if you guys follow the Instagram, you will know I've been pretty high on from a super coach perspective. I think he's in for a big year for the Rabbitohs. I think his minute span will just, it has to go up. And I just think that with Burgess sort of regressing in his role, he's only there for one more year. David Mawali's still young. I assume his minutes will increase, but I can't see him taking too much of Tavita Totola. And also with Totola, his minutes, I think, will go up this year. So I did change Tamalolo to Totola there for a bit. Then the Cohen Hess news came and unfortunate stuff for Cohen Hess, but he is going to miss the entire season for the Cowboys with an ACL injury. He was probably, you know, their biggest minutes worry off the bench in that front row spot. Now I think it bodes well for super coaches because I'd assume Thomas McKayley will be the man to replace him on that bench, giving us a cheapie in the front row. But I think it just means Tamalolo's minutes have to go up. If we look at Tamalolo here, I've got a few stats of him. He only averaged 49 minutes per game in 2023. I think that has to go up. I think it's got to go to mid-50s again, 55 minutes, which is what he averaged in 2022. I don't think they had the luxury of playing too many others, you know, having lost Cohen Hess now to injury and Luciano Lelua, who reports where they were playing him as a bit of a middle this year before he just departed to the Dragons. I think Tamalolo, especially under the scrutiny and off the back of a sort of injury and down year of 2023, I think he has to come out and show that he is that dominant. And he's still 
one of the best players in the NRL because I do wholeheartedly believe that. As I said, I was a bit disappointed in his trial performance, but I'm going to back him in. So he is currently one of my front rowers. And the other man that I was talking about that I did replace him for a bit there has found his way back into the team. Tavita Totola is now partnering Tamalolo as my two run-on front rowers in my super coach team. All the reasons I said before about Totola, big, big year for him. I think his minutes are going to go up. I think he's just got to prove to be that enforcer for that Rabbitohs team. I know they've signed Sean Kepi. I can't see Sean Kepi playing more minutes than Totola. I think Totola is their future. And, you know, he's another player who was sort of off the back of a bit of a injury affected year for the Rabbitohs last year. He always seemed to have some sort of niggling injury going on with him. And if you look at his minutes of 2023, he averaged 44 minutes per game at a PPM of 0.97. For those of you who don't know what the PPM is, uh, PPM stands for points per minute. So as a front rower, you sort of want that to be around one or a middle forward in general. Obviously the higher, the better. If you're playing 40 minutes and you've got a one PPM, you're scoring 40 points. But... I'd assume, as I said, I think Totola bumps that up. I think he's in for a big, big year for the Rabbitohs. I think he could be looking at around that 50-minute mark for for the Rabbitohs. Maybe a little bit less, but regardless, it could be five, six minutes worth of minutes, which, you know, at almost a point per minute is five, six points increased on his average, which is it's really good early early doors. The front row position is another really tough one this year. You can pay up for your premiums, your Payne Haas, your Tino Fasso, or Mala Aoi, or Adam Fanua Blake if you think he's going to replicate what he did again or what he did for the Warriors last year. You can pay up for them, but I don't see too much value in doing that. I, I wouldn't hate owning one of those just outright. Lock it in. Don't have to worry about it. But again, with the money and the structure of your team, it's it's difficult to do that. And I think most teams that I've seen floating about aren't able to sort of lock in those guns. And they're sort of joining me in this sort of mid-range uh, front row forward option. So that's it. Yeah, my uh, two front rowers, Jason Tamalolo, Tavita Tola, I think they're locked in. Well, Tavita is about to get locked out for Vegas in a couple of days. So if I get cold feet on Tamalolo, I can swap him, but... Tavita, he's pretty locked in now. And off the bench, not too much needs to be said here. Sam Hughes, Tom McKayley. Starting with Sam Hughes, he's probably the, the lock of the entire season, Sam Hughes. In a dire front row position at near bottom dollar, 238K, 238,000. Um, yeah, what is, what is there to say? He, the Bulldogs are struggling in their forward pack for depth, in their especially in their middle department. Sam Hughes came out in the trials, looked like a gun, Gus Gould has been raving about him all preseason, which we know last year the talk of the town was Jacob Preston and what he did for the Bulldogs and from a super coach perspective was incredible. Sam Hughes very well could be in a similar vein to, to that this year. So I think he has to be a lock at his price point and yeah, in this tough position. And another man that I already mentioned, Tom McKayley. With the Cohen Hess injury, I'd expect McKayley to get that bench spot. He looked really good in the trials. He still has a few deficiencies in his game, but at his price point, also at that 238,000 mark, he can only go up. So I think locking them in just for a bit of cash cash generation, it has to be the go. And hopefully Tamalolo and Totola can stay 
fit and bust out some good scores for me that I don't really need to play Hughes or McKaylee all too often. Moving on to the second row forwards. Hylam Lukey has made his way into my team. I just think at his price point and now with Lua exiting the club, even Cohen Hess to a degree can play second row and with him missing the season, it's less pressure on Lukey. You'd expect an 80-minute roll, at least 70 in my opinion. And at 471,000, I think it's a steal for Hylam Lukey. I did go on and have a look at a bit of his scores over the past few seasons. He's played five games over the past three years where he's played more than 65 minutes. And across those three games, he's averaged 76.4. That is ridiculous. Priced at around a yeah, 46, 47 average. That's obviously like that's almost twenty points of value, and Hylam Lukey's a freak. He's a genetic freak. I have no doubt he could almost average that. Like maybe he's not averaging seventy six for a season. He very much has the ability to, but if he's averaging high sixties, seventy, that's ridiculous. That's a keeper for your season. You're getting him at four hundred seventy one thousand. I don't know what else there is to say about that. Really, he's almost a lock. So, Hylam Lukey has made his way into my side. Uh, Sean Lane, another one that essentially should feature in every Supercoach side this season. 446,000. We know what Sean Lane can do. It wasn't two years ago that he was an absolute lock for that Parramatta side. Playing 80 minutes, scoring ridiculous scores. Had a very injury-affected year last year. I'm tipping him to not maybe not get back to his previous years, but... He has to make money. Like there is no, there's no, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. <laughs> he can't, he can't go worse. He just cannot go worse. It's, it's almost impossible for him to go worse. He can't lose value on his current price tag is what I was sort of trying to get at there. And I think he can, if he's not a keeper, he can certainly plot along and get us some pretty darn good scores. I'd assume a few big scores are, uh, will be in there. I think the Eels are in for a good year. Running off Dylan Brown, who I think has a lot to prove. I think Sean Lane will be a lock in a lot of sides. So he's almost a no-brainer there. And, of course, the final player pairing these guys up is Brendan Piacura. We know he's sort of locked in for maybe not 80, but a big-minute role at the Broncos now with the departure of Kurt Capewell. He's been named and essentially been given the all clear for this Vegas game. And the Broncos start to the season is really difficult. So maybe there's not as many attacking stats, but Picora is just, he's another freak. Like another one that I pointed out in the trials, the way he runs his lines, the way he hits holes. It's, it's amazing. Like it's, it's second to none. He is going to score a lot of tries in a Bulldog, in a Bulldogs, in a Broncos side that we know has that attack. I think Piacura, another one that should almost be a lock in every side. He might not have that base that, you know, some of these other second row forwards have, but I think the attacking upside of him is too good to ignore. And I think he's, he will get a lot of attacking and evading stats. So Brent Piacura, he's my third second rower. My bench second rowers, I have Morgan Smithies from the Canberra Raiders, the Englishman that they've brought across. Priced at 345000 He's going to be a base stat merchant. He's, there's a little bit of risk in there. We know 
the Raiders forward pack is absolutely stacked, and we know Ricky sort of likes to play around with that. But in saying that, Ricky loves his Englishman. He loves his pommies. I think more than Smith, Morgan Smithies is going to be the perfect sort of guy for them. With Corey Horsburgh out for the first few rounds, I'd expect Morgan Smithies to get that lock spot. Even if he doesn't, I'd expect big minutes off the bench. And he's not priced awfully at all. Like He's got to make a bit of cash at least. But there's every way, every chance he sort of plays himself into that 13 jersey and he holds that. And Corey is used either as a prop or off the bench. So pretty much locked into my side, Morgan Smithies. Bit of question marks, but I think the positives vastly outweigh the negatives on him. Ben Trebojevic for the Manly Seagulls is also in my second row. Of course, available at center wing as well. He's got that dual position availability, but I've got him in my second row at the moment. You'll get to see a bit later, but in my center wing, I do have another DP player, dual position player there. So they, there's a bit of you know option opportunity to swap them. But Ben Trebojevic, he's been a feature in every super coach side for four years now almost. He just sort of always sneaks his way in there. At 277,000 and being named at run-on second row for the Manly Seagulls for the Vegas game, you can't go wrong. You know, he, he does find an injury here and there, but the way I pick my side is I don't want to try and focus on injuries. You don't want to wish that upon any player, and they're just unlucky. Some players might be more prone to it, but honestly... I'm going to pick my side expecting them to be healthy because that's what the NRL teams do too. If you're a coach, you're picking your side on the best, on their form, on everything, and you're going to sit there and be like, they're not going to get injured. And if they do, you deal with that later. That's how I'm sort of going with Ben Trebojevic here. I think he looked incredible in the trials. And yeah, at that price point, 277K, he's got a lot of cash generation in him. He's not locked in for that second row spot, I guess. We have, obviously, Josh Schuster, who is missing the Vegas games, who definitely could take that position, but I do sort of doubt that. Another one is Corey Waddell on the bench, but Ben Trebojevic, young, he's been named there. I'm backing him in. I think he also could be a bit of a lock for every team. There's a bit of risk, but, again, positives vastly outweigh the negatives on him. And the other one there is Kane Bradley. This one is definitely subject to change. We don't exactly know what the Storm are going to do with their forward pack. Kane Bradley was getting the run at run on second row for them in the trials. Of course, he's played the – might have been one or two games for the Cowboys back in the day as a winger. Gigantic player, really, really tall making that transition into the second row now you'd expect Sean Bloor would take that spot eventually but he's only come over there late in their preseason he was playing off their bench for them in the trials Kane Bradley seemed to be favored at least for now and at 238,000 you know I don't think there's too much negatives in picking him perhaps he loses that spot perhaps he doesn't play too many minutes and he becomes a bit of an AE nightmare and at that price point he's hard to move on that is a possibility it's a realization that we you know might be having but I'm going to risk that and deal with that if it it happens I think yeah just at his price point I think the positives of his potential cash generation I think they outweigh that and I'm going to give that a go so that is my second row forwards 
Oh, I will uh, also mention at the moment, Morgan Smithies is also one of my playing reserves for those who are not watching. For those who are, you can see that right there. So moving on to the halfbacks. We've gone the big guns. I have toyed around a bit and, you know, potential of Sean Johnson. I really like the Warriors opening draw. I really like how the Warriors are looking in general. And I'm a Warriors fan, so there's a bit of Warriors bias there. But... I think you can't go past Nico Hines and Nathan Cleary. The Sharks have a really good opening draw as well. You know, Nico is the most expensive player in the game at 970000 But with the Sharkies draw and what we know Nico can do, he's backed it up year on year so far in his NRL career. I don't think it's going to be hard not to have him. He's got the ceiling. Yeah, he's just a lock in my side at the moment. Nathan Cleary was the one that I was looking to, you know, maybe play around with, free up a bit of cash, go Sean Johnson, maybe even Mitch Moses, but no. So let's save a trade trade down the line. Let's go the two best and let's just run them. You know, Cleary, we've only got to see him once this preseason going out for the World Club Challenge where he ran for 200 plus metres, 36 carries, ridiculous stuff. I don't expect him to do that, you know, week in, week out in the NRL. But it is still very impressive stuff, and I think he's in for a big year. The one thing he hasn't ticked off in his NRL career is win Dalian medal. I think he goes out to do that. He's still my pick for the best player in the NRL, and he could go down as the best you know, in history if he can tick off a Dalian medal or two. So I think he's definitely got that in the back of his mind. And you now the Panthers, they do also have a bit of a tough draw, but Nathan Cleary is just a superstar. He defies draws. So let's save some trades. Let's lock them in and just forget about them. If they get injured, well, it's pretty easy to downgrade. They are, I think, the two most expensive players in, in the game in Supercoach. So not too much more to say about them. So we'll move on to my 5.8s where it's a bit different. I have Cameron Munster as my run on 5.8. Now, I'd mentioned earlier about the Storm's really difficult start to the season, which is true. I think Cameron Munster sort of defies draws. I think he almost – he gets up for those big games. He's being slept on a lot, maybe because his ceiling hasn't been there. He's always averaged really, really well, but doesn't go 100-plus all that often. You know, two or three games a season, he'll not notch it up. But the only other sort of premium option – I mean, you can go Cody Walker, but I'm a bit hesitant to do that. The only other premium option is Dill Brown, which – in all honesty, I'd love to own Dill Brown. I think he is going to be the best 5'8 this year. I can't afford him, and I've played around, and I can't really get to him. And I don't mind Cameron Munster. I've just got a bit of a gut feel about him. He's a pod only. What have we got his ownership at here? Doesn't say. Give me one second. So Cameron Munster currently owned by only 8% of teams, while Dill Brown's at 22%. So less than 10% ownership for, you know, one of the best players in the NRL. I'm happy to run that. I'm happy to be a bit different, and I can't see it going wrong, really. Cameron Munster's really consistent with his scores. He's spoken a lot in the preseason about being even better again this year and believing that he was a bit down on form in 2023. So, yeah, Storm do have a hard draw and they have a pretty early buy, but it's not going to deter me from Cameron Munster, I don't think. I'm The more I see him in my squad, the more I'm liking it. So Cameron Munster is my run on 5'8". And, of course, my backup, my reserve 5'8", is Ethan Strange at the moment. Also has that center wing dual position availability. I... 
yeah, he's a no-brainer. Someone who should be a lock in every team. He might not get the 5'8 jersey. We will have to see that. You know, he's fighting with KO Weeks. But the way he played in those trials, you'd have to expect he does get it. I thought he was pretty locked in after that last one. And with his charge getting downgraded to just a fine, so he won't miss any game time, he has to be in there. I've got him in 5'8 at the moment just because I think there's a lot more options in the center wing department. And I don't mind playing him, you know, very sparingly, you know, just on the games that Cameron Munster misses. So Ethan Strange, 238,000 there, locked into my second 5'8 spot. My center wings. This is where a lot of changes recently happened just before recording this video, this podcast. I have Jesse Ramian, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, Halen May and Bronson Jerry as my run on center wings. Now, all preseason, I have had Greg Marshu, and he has just found his way out of my side. The reason was, is, as I said, with the structure, I was a bit weak in a few different areas in the front row spot for a while there. I had just Tavita Totola or just Almalolo, and then I had. Um, uh, Sam Hughes as my other starting front rower. And that's just a bit scary to me. I have a gut feel about Jesse Ramian, which is why he's in this team. Very low ownership on him. I'll quickly check what he's at. So Jesse Ramian is currently at 1% ownership. I'm a big Jesse Ramian fan. I sort of managed to own him every bloody season. And I'm not, I'm not, complaining about it. I really like him. I think in the early rounds, base stats are going to be incredible. And I think the center wing position has just evolved so much. That is, it's, it's so, uh, it's so important to your team. Now they're your upside players. And, you know, if I can choose some players that have really good base as well, then I'm happy to run that again. Talking about Nico Hines, we mentioned the sharks really good early draw. Same can be said for Jesse Ramian. We've got Warriors week one, who I think defensively might do a number on the Sharks. But again, he just gets through a lot of work. So I can't see him scoring anything less than 30, which, you know, he can live with from a center winger. And I know he's got attacking upside. So Jesse Ramian, very much a gut feel player. He's been in my squad the entire time. I, when looking to, of ways to make my squad better, he, he left briefly, but when you've got a gut feel in Supercoach, you really have to trust it. You really back that in. And Jesse Ramian, that's it for me. If it goes wrong, he's at a price that I can downgrade. There are some options. But if he goes well, then I'm one of the only players who have jumped on him. And I'm excited about that. So partnering him is another player who has been in my team the entire time, Roger Tuovasashek. Uh, Warriors bias, as soon as... Sorry, available in Supercoach again. He was in my team. And then, you know, he's been... He was always pretty decently high ownership um, since he since he was, you know, named to be back in the NRL and since Supercoach opened. But his performances in the trials solidified his spot in my team, but also his spot in a lot of other players' teams. He's at 37% ownership at the moment, which is just ridiculous. That is absurd numbers for a centre wing. In saying that, I'm look, you can see it here on the screen. And if you can't, I'm about to read it to you. The top five owned center wings, I own all of them. 
of course, in a few different positions. Ben Trebojevic is 54% owned. I've got him in second row. Ethan Strange is 52% owned. I've got him at 5'8". But then we have Taylor May, 38% owned. Spoiler alert, in my side. Roger, who we're speaking of now, 37%. And Bronson Jerry at 33%. All of which are in my side. But yeah, Roger, he looks phenomenal. I think the Warriors are in for another fantastic season. It could be make or break. It could be this year or nothing for the Warriors. And I think they they might have that in the back of their heads. They looked incredible in the trials. And more more importantly, Roger looked just absurd. He's he's a genetic freak, and I'm so excited for him to be back in the NRL. And I'm even more excited for him to be back in the Warriors. I wanted a Warriors player in my t- side just so I could watch their games and just have that little bit of, you know, I've got someone to even keep an eye out for. And Roger it is. So uh, another lock in my team. Very excited for Roger. Moving on to another player I just mentioned, Taylor May is currently in my centre wing. Uh, he was out for a while there. You know, he was the sort of player that I just downgraded Marju to. He was in my early sides, made way for a bit there. But he's back in. He looked incredible in the World Club Challenge. Priced at 458000 I think we know what he can do. He can improve that tenfold. He just looks like a base, base stat merchant. And, you know, in a Panthers attacking team, he'll find some attacking stats. Again, early, hard early draw for the um, Panthers. But as I said, I'm looking for base early with a bit of upside. And Taylor May brings just that at a really nice price point. So, yeah, he's not a lock in my side, but he's pretty, pretty solid in there at the moment. And, of course, my other run on center wing at the moment is Bronson Jerry. We don't know if he will make the team. He played both trials at at center at left center he looked good in both as well he's always been a bit of a freak Brunson Jerry it's good good to see him back in the NRL you know you do the crime you serve the time he's well and truly done that and it's cool to see him putting his hand up and coming back so that's awesome stuff to see price at $345,000 it's not a bad price point at all for what we know he can achieve if he isn't named of course we'll reassess and we'll do some adjusting but for now, I like him, and I like him sort of in my starting side. I think he brings enough base, and we know the attacking upside of Bronson Jerry. So, yeah, he locks up my starting center wingers. My reserve center wingers, Jamin Salmon. There is my dual position that I mentioned earlier. Not quite sure what his role with the Bulldogs is. He played a lot of lock forward for them in the trials, but... I really still can't see him displacing Josh Curran. Um, even still, he might get a decently big minute role off the bench playing at lock and maybe even filling in a second row at stages. Who knows? Price at 317000 I think there's a, a bit of potential for cash generation there and maybe even just some solid point scoring there. You know, if he's playing in the forwards and available at centre wing, you like that because it's just solid point scoring. Uh, we've just brought in Jack Bostock. He's also at 21% ownership, so another one that's quite high up there. I should mention Jamin Salmon at 20%, so both players very high in the ownership department. Uh, Bostock I haven't been the biggest fan of Supercoach-wise, but I do really like the Dolphins draw, and Bostock looked good in that second trial. He got through a lot of work, which is the main thing that I've been a bit concerned about with Bostock before. And, of course, we know he can score tries. He scored a try in both trials, I believe. So, yeah, I'm at 314000 He might not be the best cash generation, but 
I think he can make 100K at least and that'll be enough for me. An option to play sparingly in the opening rounds if I have to. But for now, he's in there. And James Schiller is my last centre winger at the moment. Uh, also subject to change, the Raiders are a, a difficult team to get a read on. We, by the looks of it, assume Chevy Stewart isn't going to make their run on 17 come round one, which is probably a good thing. I think Chevy could deal with a bit more time in reserve grade. Uh, Schiller, I thought, looked incredible in the trials. I love the look of him at centre. Of course, they're missing Seb Chris for the first few rounds. So we don't know what it's going to look like when he comes back. Schiller could be the man to replace. Schiller might not even be named. They've got a stack of depth across the entire team. The the Raiders, you know, if they wanted to play Ethan Strange in the centres and, you know, okay, a week's at 5'8", there's an option there. You've got Rapana, you've got Chotrich, who is another one that I thought looked really good in the trials, and another one at a decent price point that I could go to, but who knows who gets dropped from this side. If Chotrich is named, I will probably get myself to him some way. I'm not sure how. Maybe Bostock down or if I can afford Schiller up. Let's just, you know, let's toy around with, can I afford Schiller up at the moment? I should. Yes, so I can I can bring in Chotrich right now and still have 2,800 in my bank, which is not great, but that's all right because that means I can downgrade if Chotrich is the one to make way. However, if, uh, if Schill is the one to make way when Seb Chris is back, that's a bit, a bit more difficult to do things. So, you know, maybe we'll just save my team right now. Everything I said about Schiller, it's gone. Chotrich, it's in. Chotrich... But in saying that, the same stuff applies. They're stacked for depth, the Raiders. They all look bloody good. Who knows what Chris is going to do? It could have a domino effect. It could be Xavier Savage in there, who I can't really get to at the moment. But who knows? It's it's just sort of a placeholder. I think one of those Raiders guys will stay in the squad. And for now, I'll just keep it with Nick Chotrich because I'm a, I'm a fan of Chotrich. So that wraps up the center wingers. Moving on to the big guns, the fullbacks. As you can see on the video, Kalen Ponga is my run-on fullback and my captain leading into round one. It's almost a no-brainer. Another player, let's just have a quick look at him. Yeah, 35% owned at the fullback. If you don't do him, you're almost setting yourself behind a bit because we know he can pop off and that's terrifying and... I like the Knights' draw. I like the Knights' team in general. I think KP can go back. He could go back-to-back and win Dally M. So I think locking him in there, it's great. The fact he's got goal-kicking and we know what he can do in attack. Just lock him in and set and forget for him. In saying that, my second uh, fullback is currently James Tedesco. There are a lot of gun fullbacks and a lot of priced a lot higher than Tedesco. You know what? Let's have a look just for, again, our ownership stats as well. Actually, let's just go... What have I done here? Average. There we go. So, Scott Drinkwater averaged the second most points for fullbacks in 2023 at 83.4%. He's only owned by 8%, so he's still a bit of a pod. Um... He's priced at 851000 which is, you know, the killer for me. I can't reach that. I would like to. He has been in my squad a bit throughout this preseason, Scott Drinkwater. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about the Cowboys. But right now, 
I've gone down to Tedesco and I'm not upset about it at all. Tedesco, of course, we go down here. He is owned by 4% of players, so very much pod. Only averaged 69.3 in 2023. We know he's better than that. I think the Roosters are in for a big year. I love the look of Tedesco in the trials. I just... Another player whose base is really good as well. So even if he doesn't hit the heights, he's still got to be scoring 50s, 60s consistently if he's not doing his 100-plus scores. But I think he will do 100-plus scores. Roosters have a tough draw, but I don't know. Another sort – maybe it's a gut feel again, but James Tedesco I'm pretty confident in. You know, there are other options. Trebojevic averaged 21.6 in a year that he was seemingly on one leg, owned by 19% of players. Reese Walsh averaged 79.6, owned by 14% of players. Clint Gutho averaged 79, only owned by 2% of players. Probably can't replicate that form again, but I am a massive fan of Gutho. And Latrell averaged 77.3 and is owned by 8% of players. Now, as I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference because I can't afford any of them. But I have question marks on every single one of them, which I don't have for Tedesco, which is a weird thing. It really is. But, you know, Reese Walsh, really hard draw, really low base. Can he replicate the same form? Maybe he can. He can only get better, Reese Walsh. But, you know, at that price point, can he do it in the hard draw? Maybe he drops price. I don't know. Tom Trebojevic, another one I would love to own because I am big on Manly. I'm big on him, but there's the injury concerns. I know I said earlier I don't like to think of injuries, but Tom Trebojevic is sort of a player it's hard not to. So, you know, there's that. Scott Drinkwater, another one with low base. Can he replicate it? I'm sure he can, but there's a little bit of question marks. Tedesco, I don't know if there's question marks. I don't think he can be worse than last year. I think Tedesco's that premium of a player, that good of a player that last year could be his worst year, like for the rest of his career. I just think maybe he's on the back end, sure. But I think that is his back end last year. And he still averaged almost 70. I really like his base. I really like his work rate. I really like his tackle busting. And I really like the Roosters this year. I think he can bob up on the back of their forward pack and the back of Brandon Smith through the middle. And I'm excited about him. So he is currently my fullback and I am I'm all for it to be honest so that one yeah that wraps us up for the for the super coach team reveal I didn't go through and do you know previews for every club I was planning on it but at the same time we're running short on time I created the podcast pretty late there are a multitude of incredible content creators out there on the market you know notably beers and break evens with rugby league guru and SC playbook Tim Williams probably the best out there. I love them. Uh, I engage a lot with Aman, Talks NRL Supercoach. If you're a lot more on the stats side and you want to read into that, Aman does some incredible, incredible work. I really highly suggest you guys go and check out Aman, Talks NRL Supercoach. Um, yeah, those sort of previews are the stuff that I engage with, but there's there's a plenitude out there. You've got um, the Supercoach experience out there. You've got Supercoach guns. You've got Supercoach Whisperer, if, if you're into that. There's a lot of lot of content creators out there which you can engage with, especially for those for those team previews and just Supercoach position previews. 
We're running short on time, so I thought I just wanted to get out here and give my thoughts on, you know, the players that stick out to me that are in my side. And, of course, Supercoach content will be coming a lot more frequently. I'm going to make it a lot more of a weekly thing. When when season starts, I'm going to have, fingers crossed, a permanent guest where we talk Supercoach and we talk everything that's sort of happening. But for now, that'll wrap us up. I hope you guys enjoyed this one i hope you guys that watched on youtube enjoyed this obviously i haven't looked at the camera too much there's a bit more to look at but looking at you guys now and i, I really respect respect you guys for coming and checking it out and all you's listening on the audio podcast of course love you guys too definitely come check out the video if you want if you want to engage a bit more with me just send me knocking about here i am and you can you know see the i guess the super coach aspect you know on your screen if you if you're actually interested in that but yeah thank you guys for engaging a lot more to come i'm really excited about where this podcast is headed so thank you guys and i'll see you in the next podcast